Welcome to Get in the Ring with DJD Coops and Beast Mike on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Yes, it is. It's time to get in the ring with DJD Kooks and Beast Mike. I'm a little subdued today as um, <laughs> as we're getting ready for the Thanksgiving holiday. Mm-hmm. And um, we are here um, because we're, we would not record on Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, no, no. We want everyone to enjoy their Thanksgiving, whether it's be with the food or with the families or... With uh, with all the pre Black Friday shopping that everyone's going to do, uh, yes, yeah, so we we got we got to have this drop on right after the Wednesday Night Wars continue with AEW and NXT. Yes, I am Beast Mike, and um, this was a big weekend in wrestling. Survivor Series weekend, Chicago basically being the epicenter of, of wrestling. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Of all, yeah, I was about to say of all wrestling. Of uh, the four nights. With WWE and then AEW was there. It's just now they just wrapped up their show uh, tonight with with a good AEW Dynamite. So we got a lot to get into. So let's waste no more time. Let's let's get it. Where are we where are we starting? Dana Brooke and Batista? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently Dana just slid, just uh, just told Batista to slide slide her DMs. Yep. Yep. That that literally, that literally that just happened like five minutes ago. I I, I just caught that on, on Twitter. Yeah, I caught that on Twitter. I was like dying. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone took that and ran. Uh, follow up from the Cornette. Cornette did resign. Mm. So, yeah, I thought he did. Yeah, okay. So he did resign. Um, that that might have been known by last week's show, but <laughs> yeah, I think I think I might have mentioned it, but yeah, cover my butt. Yeah, it's good. To, it's good to clarify. Yeah, good to clarify it. So. Oh, and yeah. also, before we get into anything else, we didn't even, we, we forgot to preview the Wilder fight. And we didn't really need Deontay to. Deontay Wilder is your, knock, is your NyQuil moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no one, I mean, he, he's becoming king of the NyQuils because he, he's, just, he's just dropping bombs on, on so many victims who, who dare step into the ring with Deontay Wilder. Now, this took a little bit to, uh, to the credit of his opponent, but Wilder still got it done. In and, one punch. It got it in one take. Yeah, Luis Ortiz got wrecked in round seven, uh, and to the point where you can see all of the sweat drop off Ortiz, and he was out the moment it hit him, and it, it was GG. As Dante Wilder claims another victim, and he we're getting ready for the super fight that's coming up in February. They just signed the deal a couple of days ago with Tyson Fury, and they're gonna they're gonna run it back in February February twenty, I believe. Is the day of the fight. They're gonna run it back. Uh, Fury versus Wilder, as 
Fury really was truthfully knocked out by Wilder, but the referee didn't, but he somehow got up and survived. Uh, and we'll, see the, we'll see them run it back. But yeah, they, they made the deal official early this week. Or with Friday Night SmackDown. Mm. Which so was the SmackDown did a good job of setting up for Survivor Series. Uh, it, it set it up quite nicely. It, it really did put a good spin on the go-home uh, show. We got some quality uh, matches uh, from the jump here. Trying to get to the, to the opening uh, series of events. Which I believe opened with what? The triple threat? Yeah, it opened with the triple threat. Right, the, the triple threat of Rhea Ripley, Sasha Banks, and this became the weekend of Rhea Ripley, as, as we're going to go into all the stuff that happened with her. Rhea Ripley, Sasha Banks, and Charlotte, good triple threat match. I I was I really thought it was nice. I, I was digging it. I, I was all into it. And the finish was outstanding. One of, if you didn't see this finish by now, I, I you're really late to the party, but this finish was outstanding. Yeah, it was uh, Charlotte Flair in the figure eight, and then Rick covered her. Charlotte with the figure eight, and not not that Rhea covered her to win the match. It was that Rhea used the schoolboy to do, use the roll up to do it, and right. it did it in the sense of basically Charlotte had nowhere to go. Charlotte couldn't kick out if she wanted to. Charlotte provided the bridge for Rhea to sneak under, and then Rhea trapped her arms with the roll up. And then while Sasha was completely trapped in the figure four portion of the figure eight, she couldn't break up the pin. And Charlotte had her in the figure eight trying to get a submission, so she couldn't break up the pin. There was no escape. There was no way that Rhea could have possibly lost in that situation. What a brilliant way to to, to have Rhea steal the pin from Charlotte. And then obviously the women brawled as we kept it moving with the, uh, with the women's portion of the Survivor Series. Uh, deal. Next up was Undisputed Era and crashing the scene of Sami Zayn introducing the brand new IC title. I like it. I like the new IC title. I like the side. Yeah, I, like, I like the design. It's yeah. it's sort of sort of conducive to what they've been doing. Right, right. So <laughs> the only title not to get a makeover is the US title, which I'm a little surprised it hasn't. I'm sure that uh, I would imagine it will come soon. But yeah, I, I dig it. I like the new title. I like the side plates. I'm all for it. I like the side plates in pretty much at every championship now, except the tag titles and the U.S. title. This led to Undisputed Era interrupting the proceedings, and New Day and Heavy Machinery had an eight-man tag with all four members of Undisputed Era. But ultimately, it was the basically divide and conquer by UE. UE took out first. The first they took out the members of New Day which basically made it four-on-two. And then they finished the deal uh, New Day did with Roddy Strong getting the pin on a high knee, pinning Otis to win the match for Undisputed Era. Afterward, this then focused on the triple threat with Styles, Roddy, and Shinsuke. Shinsuke and Zane watched the match from, from the top of the ramp. AJ then got the drop-in on both parties. And basically, things were, go- were getting really bad until Sami Zayn saved the day with a chair shot with a couple chair shots to uh, to get his man Shinsuke to safety, more on their triple threat, which is pretty good later on in, the, in this particular uh, podcast. Yes, Daniel O'Brien arrives. He addresses his issues with the Fiend, and he summons the Fiend, but he gets the Miz instead. 
continuing to build up endless the, the forever beef that is Daniel Bryan and the Miz uh, continues. They had an impromptu match after the Miz slapped Daniel Bryan. We got teased with the yes stuff towards the end as the guy Bryan was going to finish off Miz. And then the Fiend shows up and, and puts Bryan to sleep with the mandible claw. But again, the forever beef that is Daniel Bryan and Miz continues. Right. Never seems to be a bad thing when those two hit the mic because they they, they do spit gold when they're against each other. The only problem I had with this is um, they could have given Daniel Bryan a win here. Yeah, I agree. Go men, keep him in the mic for Survivor Series. Attack after the match. Yeah, I get you. I get you there. Uh, next up, we get uh, Bailey try to get a, get the drop on Shayna. It did not work. Uh, it really did not work. As Shayna uh, would fight Bailey off, and Bailey would basically run to the to the uh, up the ramp. I didn't like this because I thought it made Bailey look a little weak. I will say I wish they would have had Bailey look a little stronger here in this situation. But that look of death by Shayna at the end of the proceedings, I'm so I was sold on that. That was dope. But I wish yeah. they made Bailey look a little bit stronger in this situation. They really made Bailey look weak, like she was running away from the Shayna. Right. Um, but this is WWE where all feelings are chicken. Yeah, I, I was not a fan of how they basically portray Bailey like, oh, I'm calling Shayna out, I'm calling Shayna out. And then when she finally gets the smoke, she it, it, she realizes she don't want it. It, it, it just wasn't, I, I wasn't a fan of that. The no, problem is fine, it's just the, like Bailey running away from it. I didn't, I didn't like that. Then we get to the main event of Reigns, Mustafa Ali, they finally gave Mustafa his name back. Good with that. And, and Gable versus Corbin, Ziggler, and Rude. Solid six-man tag. But ultimately, it was Deep Six that put Ali down for the one, two, three. Corbin gets it done for his team. And then we get a full-scale fight coming in with Raw and SmackDown, uh, basically going to war. As Rollins led, led his team to the ring to fight with Roman, Strowman had brought SmackDown to come into the ring, but then Triple H sounded like it was a road dog, and a little bit of homage, paying homage to DX Storm in North, Norfolk, Virginia with the tank, with, with, the, with the army vehicle years ago. Instead, it was Triple H, road dog, NHBK, meeting said army of NXT, and they stormed the ring. The whole roster basically stormed the ring. Basically, all the men's roster stormed the ring and made it happen. It, it turned into absolute chaos. And then we saw, which was a cult, which was a battle I really needed to see more of in the five on five men, the five on five on five men's with Keith Lee and Braun Strowman. We saw that to pretty much end SmackDown, which was dope. We got to see yeah, that. That team was, was nice. When I saw Keith Lee and Braun in there. I was like, oh shit. I was all for that. I was, I was all for that. We got a we got a super Spanish fly by Mustafa Ali to pretty much end all the proceedings, and then basically the three members of DX uh, beat up King Corbin on an exclusive part uh, when the cameras went off the air, which which was oh. funny. <laughs> yeah, basically Raw Dog did his punches, Sweet Chin Music pedigree, as they got the STD STD joke in on, on Corbin, but it, it made for a funny uh, television. Know what I'm thankful for? Hating Baron oh, yeah. Corbin. <laughs> See, seeing Corbin get this work? Yep. Yeah, I, I know you've been thankful for that for many, for many a time. 
It never gets old, though. It, it never does. It never does get old. Seeing Corbin get his work repeatedly. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't, and it's very liberating. It, it, it makes everyone feel good. It does yeah. make everyone feel good seeing Corbin get, get beat up repeatedly. Okay, now we go. Now we're gonna shift gears. The following night, Takeover War Games three, aka Takeover Chicago three. Garza versus Isaiah Swerve Scott in a good kickoff match. Good entertaining stuff. But ultimately, it was uh, the wing clipper from Garza to get it done. But this wasn't really the story here. The story to me, and the story to everyone else should be, that after the match, Garza comes through the curtain, and then Leo Russ drops him. This could have been Nyquil moment of the week, too. Leo dropped me with a right hand and left him laying. You could actually hear the punch hit, hit Garza right in the face. And Leo basically said it's on site whenever the, whenever he sees Garza because he made it personal after he uh, took off his uh, his his tracksuit his uh, ripaway pants uh, in front of his wife and kids that was that was so disrespectful so I completely understand why Leo punched him in the face that was a receipt he had it coming good match though I, I want to see more of Garza versus Leo because that, that that's a good rivalry in the making but keep let's keep that going. Um. Now, yeah. We get to the war games match. Um, before before the war game, before the women's war games, Mayhem got taken out, and Ray Ripley had to go last minute and add Dakota Kai to the match. This would play this would play into the match later on. Yeah. So as we know, Shayna got the advantage because Io Shirai beat Mia in a ladder match to secure the advantage. When Kaylee Ray interfered and basically interjected herself as part of Shayna's team, the match starts with Io and Candice. Good stuff for five minutes. Bianca comes in. She adds to the to the feud. She adds to the fight. Rhea Ripley comes in. She adds to the fight. And now we get to the interesting part of this when, okay, Kaylee Ray's coming in, does her thing. Everything is cool. Everything is normal. Then we get Dakota Kai's entrance. And then Dakota Kai basically Yakuza kicks, Tegan Knox in the face, and wilds out on Tegan Knox in one of the more shocking portrayals. I, I didn't see this coming. I was really not no, I didn't see this coming. I, I, I don't like I, I, I don't like the heel turn, but I'll see where they go with it. There was more developed. It was a good match with her and Candace uh, Dakota later on tonight. Uh, well, earlier tonight. Uh, I'll, I'll explain when we get to NXT. But um, this was a beating. This was a very... They, they put this heel turn on real nice. Uh, Tegan Knox caught a beating. A lot of it's sitting around her repaired knee. As Dakota Kai used the door to, to bash on the knee, she basically trapped her leg into it. And she was able to, in, between the bars, to add some more damage. She did a knee bar to it to add more damage. It, it was it was a savage beating. So Dakota leaves the proceedings, in part because of Regal and how, how she shoved Regal. And she was fine for it, apparently. And Tia Knox obviously was unable to compete, so it was four on two. And this played into a really good storyline. But this time, Kaylee Ray added some toys, and and, Bian- and Rhea Ripley added some toys to, to make this the, the war games that we've seen over the last few years with a whole lot of weapons and a whole lot of creativity with said weapons. The women were creative, and it was Shayna yeah, jumping I, I will the give it to The women were very creative. creative. By mm-hmm. the time, I felt like two was too much for this night. Okay, I. Felt like the women should have had the war games and not the men. Mm. Um, Understandable. 
after seeing both matches, you know. You thought it was too much. I thought it was too much, and I was numb to it by the end of the night. I did like how the women didn't use a bunch of weapons that weren't the tables, and then the men used only tables. I did like that, and how they separated the weapons from the two matches. Yeah. I was a fan of that, because they, they tried to make both matches entirely different. So I, I, I get it. I totally got that point. Yeah, then, but at the same time, the woman felt more to like a feud. Than mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of the men's being kind of just thrown together around, centering around Ciampa's pursuit of uh, the NXT championship. Fair enough. That, that's fair. Ultimately, all, all six women that were truly in the match really did their thing, really had their moments of shine. And both, and both Kai and, and Knox played their role perfectly. So Yes, they did. Also true. Uh, also true that that would not get lost in, in, this, uh, in this review. Uh, we got the obviously the the poison the reverse super poison Rana. We got the Tower of Terror spot on all the chairs. Io Shirai's moonsault was crazy, and the closing moments of the match where Kaylee Ray jumps basically ribs first into a trash can lid into a trash can by Rhea Ripley. I thought that was nice. I thought the and then the closing I thought was great where Shayna went for the for the Kafuda Kafuda clutch. And got countered by, by Rhea Ripley with the handcuffs that Shayna tried to use earlier in the match. And it gets finished off with the riptide on the chairs. So Rhea pinned Shayna in what was a really good war games. Yeah. He's on Damian Priest, Cody, and Dane. Good match, but this did not need to be 20 minutes. Yeah, I agree. I thought it went too long. I, I thought it, they could have did all this in 15. It peaked a little too early. Right. Yeah, I, I, would, I would buy that. I think it, I think they just tried to have as much time to give everyone as much time as possible, but they gave everyone too much time. They could have really did all this in 15 minutes. Uh, I was I thought this match did drag. I thought it totally did drag. Both all three guys did their thing. All three guys had some good shine, but and, and Dumbo's the right winner. But yeah, I thought it was a little bit too long. I tell oh, very good. Still entertaining, yes. But. But it it sort of did the um it would have been a rocking three way if it was fifteen instead of twenty. Mm-hmm. Um next next um Portland and the rumored Saudi show, the next rumored Saudi show is rumored for February twentieth. Yep, take over yeah. Well, okay, so they're gonna do two shows. Okay, so Rumored for Saudi, and then take over Portland on the same day. No, they're not. No, the 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 uh, takeover Portland is the sixteenth of February, and oh, the uh, Saudi show is the twentieth of February. Oh, okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. I, I guess I didn't, I guess I didn't read the dates, but okay. So take over Portland and then Saudi. So they're, they're gonna so they're separated to take over from. What will be the chamber? When, when's elimination? Elimination Chamber is what, the, the following weekend? Or is it the weekend before that? I'm not sure. I'm pretty, okay, isn't no, Chamber, March, March 8th. Oh, Chamber's March. Oh, okay, so there is no there is no main roster pay-per-view then. In February. It would okay, be so, show. so they're basically doing away with Fastlane. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, they're basically, that's not like they're doing away with Fastlane. Because they're doing a takeover instead on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Nice. Good deal. Riddle versus Balor? 
was as physical as you would expect. I was entertained by this match. I, I like the, the, the physicality the riddle brought. I like the, the physicality the ballad brought. We, we got high speed at points. We got good tech skill at points. A very good co-main. Um, Bally hit, hit with the 1916 to win it, but it was a very good co-main. Um, it, it seemed like Riddle was a little less aggressive than, at points, and um, Ballard ra- ramped it up, but didn't ramp it up to the level I thought he would. Mm. I'd still give this match three and a half stars, but but I'm not in love with it like you were. Okay. Where would you go with the women's war game? Where would you rate the women's war games? I went four and a quarter. Uh, women's I like more than men. I will say that before we get to the men's war games. Women's I thought was definitely better than the men's. Four and a quarter is about right. Because it was yeah. good. It wasn't blow away. But four and a quarter is probably about right. I'd probably go four on the men's. Three and three quarters riddle. And um, three and three quarters riddle and Balor. And then probably three... And a half for Dunn and Dunn Priest and Dane. That's fair. I would flip flop the uh, Dunn Priest, Dane, and Bower Riddle rating. Okay. Because I'm at three and a half on Bower Riddle and three and three quarters on D Dunn, Killian Dane, and Damian Priest. Mm. I saw it went a little bit too long for my liking, which is why I dropped it uh, a quarter point. Yeah. And then we get to the War Games. The uh, women, the men's war games, which absolutely had a different feel than the women's. And it was highly entertaining to see Keith Lee and, and Dijakovic do their thing with with an uh, environment that screams creativity. I, I was I was all for that. It was not Adam Cole that started the match for any speed there, like he's done for the last two war games. It was Roddy Strong who did it. Strong and Choppa started. Solid, pretty much decent wrestling match. We got Kyle O'Reilly jumping in, then Dajakovich. We got Keith Lee jumping in uh, after Bobby Fish. And Adam Cole came in last, but Adam Cole brought in tables. Lots of tables at the behest of Roddy Strong. I think six of them. Yeah. And the seventh one got broken. The seventh one got broken because Ciampa pushed Cole into the table. Then we found out after the three minutes were up that all the other seven seven men were in the cage. Who was the eighth man in the match? The building went nuts because it was Kevin Owens. And we saw the old school Kevin Owens NXT shirt. We got the current rage, the, the usual rage that Kevin Owens brings to every match that he's in. The crowd loved it. I thought it was great timing doing it in, in Chicago. It was big time. I, I, I loved it. it was, I loved the introduction. And we see Kevin Owens and supported Undisputed Era in the past. And the the fact that he throws it back and got the shine at the start of it was great. The Panama Sunrise was, oof, the Panama the Super Panama Sunrise. Yeah. Well, by Cole to Owens under the steel grate was dope. And then obviously UE getting put through all those tables in various ways. Who was it first? It was Strong got hit by Dajakovic, and then it was. Owens putting Fish through the table. Yeah, it was the Lee putting O'Reilly through the table, and now we're down to one on one between Champa and Cole on the top of the cage. And 
we're all thinking probably the same thing. The, the fans chanting, please don't die, is very appropriate at this moment in time. Uh, I think Cole's dead. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all thought Cole was dead. They even Not said that pounce. Like, I saw the gif of the pounce from NXT tonight. Yes, yes, that was so good. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, Adam Cole. Cole survived it, but my God, Keith Lee sent him into another orbit. Before that, it was the ultimate air raid crash through those two tables from Ciampa to Cole. And we were, I was like watching that. I was like, oh my God. I thought he had no shot against Pete Dunne at Survivor Series. I thought he had no shot. Ciampa gets the pin after the super air raid crash. They even show Britt Baker in the crowd. Obviously, we know that uh, that's his wife, not his girlfriend. But it, it, we show he showed Baker in the crowd afterward, and we were all like, oh, uh, "How? Oh, like, I was standing after that." Yep, that, that was wild. Absolutely, they, the better they, ending. They, the, men's, the, men's have, the men's match had the better ending, but the women's match is better overall. So that, that's how I would describe uh, TakeOver War Games. Yep. Yep. I thought the women's match had higher emotional notes. Yes. Yes, it did. Well, the men's had pure chaos. Mm-hmm. Fair way to describe that, too. Definitely a fair way to describe that as well. And that's why I give it the uh, quarter star edge. Mm-hmm. Survivor Series, same building, same company. Let's let's get let's get things started. The Battle Royal for the tag teams was meh. You you really missed nothing if you didn't watch oh, I... this. <laughs> you you missed nothing. Ultimately, Ziggler and Rude win for SmackDown. Uh, you, again, you missed absolutely nothing. It came down to Ziggler Rude versus Street Profits, and we, we saw some good stuff from Montez Ford, but ultimately it was Bobby Rude eliminating him to win the match for his team. So SmackDown's on the board. With their first win. Cesaro representing Raw. Leah Rush representing NXT. Kalisto representing SmackDown. Cruiserweight Championship match. Pretty good. Pretty good match. And we got more on Cesaro and Leo later on. But pretty good yeah. match overall between the three of them. I did see the uh, gift of the uh, German suplex to the apron. I can't yeah. believe they actually did that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was not ready for that. No, I was I was truly not ready for that, but ultimately it was Leo getting it done with the final hour pinning Kalisto after Kalisto hit the Selena del Sol on the Tozawa. It was the final hour to pin Kalisto for three and getting NXT on the board with their first win. Decent match between the three. And Raw gets his only win. And... Raw gets as as the win you'd probably the most expected from Raw, but Viking Raiders undisputed era new day triple threat. For uh, Triple Threat, who, who the baddest tag team in, in the game is right now in WWE. A good match. Uh, you know what? I, I enjoyed it. We got the brutality from Viking Raiders. We got the speed and creativity of New Day. And we got the synergy that is Undisputed Era. And all, all six men really put in work. This became... This became really down to Viking Raiders and... Undisputed Era. As Kingston tried Trouble in Paradise, it got picked off. And they took down Big E. 
ultimately, New Day did their part towards the middle of the match, but really uh, Big E and Kofi were taken out towards the end. Then you get down to the Raw team and the NXT team, but ultimately, Viking Raiders was just too much for Fish and O'Reilly as they finished the deal. Ivor dodged the high-low, and then they finished the deal with the Viking experience to get the pin. So Viking Raiders get it done. Raw gets their win. Raw gets a win. So it's yeah. one one and one going into the main the, show. The Manaxi defeats Team Raw and SmackDown. For the women's, this was a little clunky. Yeah, this was, this was a little odd as you had Candice and I think it was what, Candice and EO? Yeah. Um, left the match early. And then kinda, it came back. Then it came back at the very end, which was kind of weird. Um, we got Asuka turning on Team Raw with the Mist, which, which obviously advances their storyline. There's a Starcade pay-per-view coming up this Sunday. There's more on that in a moment. Uh, more than that, we get through Survivor Series and AEW stuff. We got the we got some women looking impressive. Bianca Belair got a couple pins in there. Uh, we got some quality stuff from all parties involved. Tony Storm basically was folded into a pretzel by the sharpshooter and the, and the bank statement, making her tap out as Natty from Raw and Sasha from SmackDown kind of teamed together towards the end to take down the, the NXT people. But again, the weekend of Ripley continued and culminated as Ripley ultimately would pin Natalia uh, at, at a little bit of distractions, uh, with, with a couple of distractions thrown in there. And Ripley would win the match for her team at NXT. Roderick Strong defeats Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles. A solid match all the way around from start to finish. A very solid match between all three parties. And we didn't I thought get much Roddy involvement. Was the better wrestler of the three. It was what? Roddy was the best wrestler of the three. Roddy Tech wrestled better than AJ and Shinsuke. He really did. He really did out wrestle all both of them. I, I will I will agree with that. So I'd argue, yeah, probably the right man probably won. It, it was a, it was a good match, but ultimately Roddy was the best wrestler of the three, and he proved his worth. A very good match all the way around. It looked like AJ had it won with a phenomenal forearm, but Roddy basically stole the pin and pinned Shinsuke. But a very Gimmick. good match all by all Gimmick. So any- we have to talk about this. Um, the Morrow thing. Um, was great yeah. and. And I, yeah, Corey, yeah, Corey Graves, we gotta put you on blast for this. That, that was that was wrong. That was foul. What you what you said? Dick move. Yep. And then, and then you you, you doubled down on it. <laughs> ain't, gonna, ain't gonna make. Hey, you, you definitely did make it worse. Ronaldo wasn't even on NXT this week. It, it was Phillips who did the commentary uh, for NXT. Ronaldo wasn't even on. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corey, I, I get it. You apologize at least, but yeah, that was that was really stupid. You you, you didn't have to do that. Come on, yeah, man. Told him personally. Yeah, that was that was foul. That was foul, man. We we love Corey Graves. We love us some Corey Graves, but dude, that was that was foul, guys. That was, that was foul, my guy. Adam Cole defeats Stun. So how is Adam Cole standing? First off, how in the world were you possibly standing? No idea. You took a bit of end. And then done with the and then done with the with the leg injury. Uh, pretty much towards in his match, so it kind of hampered his situation. I honestly thought Cole had no shot. I truthfully thought Cole had no shot in winning this match. 
Yet he found a way to do it. And he found a way to win in what was a very good match. And that counter was incredible at the end. That was an incredible counter. Yes. Dunn had him for the bitter end, and Cole immediately and seamlessly countered it to the Panama Sunrise. That's one thing Adam Cole is absolutely outstanding at and one of the best in the game at. His timing is amazing. And the timing of him being able to flip the bitter end seamlessly to the, to the Panama Sunrise was outstanding. That absolutely was the move that won the match. The last shot made it academic. But, yeah, but that was absolutely outstanding how Cole won this match. What a way to win it, and what a way to close the weekend for Cole as Cole gets it done against Pete Dunne. And this, you, if you want to say this is the best match of the night, by all means. Because this, this was incredibly entertaining. And The Fiend defeats Daniel Bryan. Hate the red, hate the red lighting. Other than that, this match was fine. Yeah, it was no, okay. No match no whatsoever. Except for the red lighting, get rid of it. it the red lighting is bad. But other than that, uh, I'm, I'm perfectly cool with it. I like that he got a little bit of the yes stuff. I thought that was great. And I thought what The Fiend did at the end, as he intercepted Bryant with the mandible claw, and then basically put all of his body weight on the off arm so that Bryant couldn't get out and couldn't escape, as, as Fiend would easily pin him. I thought that was good. I, I, was, I was with that. That was fine. Fiend keeps Universal Championship as he should have. Definitely um. his best match. I'm going to bash the next match, the beginning of the next match, because fucking Walter got eliminated in two seconds. He's your United Kingdom champion, and mm-hmm. he was the biggest star in Europe. And mm-hmm. he's presented as an unstoppable beast, and you just mm-hmm. fucking him in, in five minutes. Fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. And not only, see, and the other part about that, not only did the, was the fact that he got eliminated first, they don't sold the chops. That's the biggest thing about Walter. His, his bread and butter is the chops. They had him chop Strowman and McIntyre, and basically both dudes brush it off. Strowman, I give a little bit more of a pass to because of just how massive Strowman is, but both dudes brush it off. Strowman and McIntyre did. Like, like, it, was, like it was nothing. Like, no, you, you got to have him chop Swede something. You don't have him chop those two dudes. I, don't, I, I for sure thought Damian Priest was going to get picked off first. I thought he was easily – and, and by the way, the five – for NXT, we, we should mention Morchampa, who was the captain, Walter Priest, Matt Riddle, and Keith Lee. And, yeah, the fact that Walter got picked first, got, got pinned first, uh, none of us like it. Not I, anybody sure, else. I for sure thought it was going to be Priest getting picked off of the Claymore or, or something like that first. That was, the, that was the move that got Walter eliminated was the Claymore. But, yeah, I thought it was uh, – I, I didn't like that at all. I really didn't. It did catch him clean in the face, but I thought, yeah, I, I didn't like that at all. Let's see. Good, it was some good stuff here. Owens got pinned by Ciampa, which I thought Owens got pinned a little too early. I thought that was a bit, a bit of a surprise. Gable getting pinned, being the first out for SmackDown, that's fine. No, no issues there. This Riddle was a pinning. good match. Riddle pinning, it was a good match. RKO's from, from Orton to Priest, Priest gone. But Riddle pinning Orton, I thought was uh, that was that was one of the moments in the match. I didn't see that coming. That Riddle yeah. would sneak up on Orton and, and pin him. I didn't see that one. That, that was that was a good look for having Riddle to pin Orton, and then Orton immediately hit him with an RKO, basically leaving him easy pickets for Corbin for Corbin to pin him. Uh, Strowman gets counted out, but now this was a good use of the Claymore here. Strowman getting uh, hit with it to get eliminated uh, by via countout. I thought that was fine. 
Ricochet getting completely wrecked by the end of days. That's fine. That that makes a lot of sense. Ali getting picked off, uh, getting the stomp from Rollins. That's cool. McIntyre getting picked by Reigns. Okay, that makes sense. Corbin getting turned off by Roman Reigns because Corbin be, is being completely stupid. And parts of the match, understood it. Completely understood that. Corbin gets speared by Reigns, gets picked off. They continues that rivalry. Pretty much similar to Charlotte Oscar earlier t- early in the evening. That's fine. Chama getting eliminated by a stomp by Rollins. And basically, he got dipped on by Reigns. And he got, pretty much got double teamed by Reigns and, and Rollins. He pins Rollins. Leaving pins Rollins, yep, with the, with the power bomb, yeah. The, the jackhammer, I thought was dope, and, and Lee pins Rollins, and Lee basically owned the building at this moment in time. Since it wasn't Ciampa, it was Lee who owned the building. So Lee eliminates Rollins, and, Roll, and Rollins out. And now it's down to Rollins, and now it's down to Keith Lee and Roman Reigns. And Lee owned the, Lee absolutely did own the building. And Lee went battle, he went blow for blow with Roman, and it was highly entertaining. It was incredibly entertaining watching Lee throw down with Roman. It was the that power bomb was dope that Lee did, and Lee kept it pushing. He tried to go for that moonsault from the second rope, and didn't he didn't quite get it. Yeah, that was a botch, by the way. Well, it looked like Roman had the pin, but uh, in the rep, Cone counted the three, but but Lee apparently kicked out just before it. It was a little bit of a botch there by John Cone. Nonetheless. It was the um, Lee kept trying to keep it going with the power bomb, and it was a the second rope moonsault from Lee missed. Reigns got the spear to get it done, so SmackDown wins. This and Riddle and Cole were my two favorite matches of the evening. I did enjoy the, the frenetic pace of the raw of the of this on the men's match more than the women. It seemed a whole lot less clunky. Yeah. The only thing about this one was the Walter elimination early. I didn't like that part either. But other than that, I thought this match was perfectly fine. I yeah, both both Cole Dunn and um, this match were at four stars for me. So yes, no complaints. Um, Brock versus Ray was fun, but but Brock Lesnar defeats Ray Mysterio. Finally, below, yeah, this was probably third because I I, I did love. When Ray and Dominic did their thing and double team Brock, I thought that was great. But this is probably third to me on, on the on the list of matches. But I did, but they, I did enjoy. This was is the second time um I wanna to get to the women's match because the women's man match because this is the second time a triple threat has shit the bet this year. In the main yeah, event spot. Yeah, the, the WrestleMania one was better than this if Yeah. Yeah, the WrestleMania one still dragged, in my opinion. Yeah, I thought this one dragged between Shayna, Becky, and Bailey. I thought this one dragged on. Yeah, I, I think the I think the building was semi done from the from Lesnar retaining. I think everyone was was looking forward to Rey Mysterio winning the title. So I think that kind of killed the energy in the building, which is why I wish that match would last. But yeah, I, I didn't. I I really fully expected that match to last too. Ray uh, Ray and Brock. And then they go eighteen off five with it, and I'm like, oh. I thought it was a bit. Yeah, I didn't. I get it. You want to give them time, but yeah, I didn't. Uh, this match seemed to drag. I, I didn't. I didn't get that same buzz or entertainment. At least with Rossi, Charlotte, and Becky, you, you got a buzz. I didn't get that same buzz from this. Both I'm matches not- lacked heat. Both those matches lacked heat, yeah. and and the WrestleMania crowd's different because it's all your hardcores, but it's like. 
that match will have heat. But both of them really just suffered from the lack of heat and the co- and the, like the same formulated triple threat layout. They weren't creative with it at all. Not really, no. Yeah, not really, no. They just a lot, a lot of people wanted, have time. I think a lot of people were, were, were dead set on seeing, and obviously the WrestleMania match, Becky Ronda, and in this match, Becky Baszler. And yeah. we got we got the SmackDown champion thrown in in both cases. Not that we say Bailey wasn't worthy of that spot because Bailey's had a good a very good fall, and has come on since since becoming heel. Bailey's really stepped their game up. And Charlotte at the time you had to put Charlotte in because of the way Charlotte was doing her thing up until WrestleMania. I so thought Bailey was the best performer in the match, and yeah, um, Bailey Bailey worked it out. Bailey did really well, and it, it certainly did. Um, our baser did well. It's just, I hate to say this with Becky. Too much. She's not that good. You think it's just? You think it's? You think it's finally time for Becky to lose the title? She. She's so over, but her matches do nothing for me. You can. I can honestly say, Becky. And I've, and I've made this clear many t- a few times before that Becky's my favorite of the women. You could honestly say that Becky doesn't need the title to main event, whatever match she's in. She doesn't need to, she doesn't need to be champion. I think she's in that Charlotte mode of I can grab headlines without being champion. And I think both of them could absolutely elevate the title. And not that the Kabuki Warriors are bad because I like what the Kabuki Warriors are doing. But if they were to win the tag titles at some point, Becky and Charlotte, and Becky not being the women's champion on Raw, I think they could really do wonders. I think they could absolutely do wonders as the tag champions. It really bring a whole lot of prestige and and Becky. Um, since they've really dropped the ball with her, um, um, and her ring work has not been the best. I feel like her ring hasn't improved. I don't think it's really changed. I don't think it's really improved. Yes. Like, yes, that's the thing. Um, before before this, she was improving on a slightly higher level. And now she's not really improving. I think she's totally been a little stagnant. I think is, is the way I would describe it. I'm not saying she's bad. No, no. Be- Be- Becky's still really good. I didn't like that Becky was basically uh, basically made to stand tall at the very end. I thought they wanted to keep Becky over. Becky was already over. She didn't need to do that. Ultimately, it was Shayna who put Bailey to sleep with the uh, Karafuda, uh putting her to sleep. So NXT gets capped off. An incredible weekend for NXT. The final score being NXT 4, SmackDown 2, Raw 1. Baszler putting the final touches on it, uh, winning in her signature win. Um, in, in WWE right now. She's obviously over a year as champion. She'll get the 400 days easy uh, as NXT Women's Champion as she's not too far away from Asuka in terms of the championship, in terms of NXT Women's title run and being the longest. But a uh, good Survivor Series all in all, I wish they would have flipped the women's match and Brock and, and Ray. I think the women's match would have got more heat had it gone on before Brock and Ray. I really do. Yeah. guy would have got more buzz. I don't think the match would have been better, but... It probably wouldn't have been any different. 
But I think it would have at least got more of a crowd reaction. Yeah. Uh, if it were before Brock and Ray, I think that that killed a whole lot of the, the reaction. That killed a whole lot of the buzz when Brock actually won the match. So AEW. Oh, we have to go to Raw. My bad. <laughs> Raw and what kind of speed for this? Because really, honestly, Raw was alright. We we got a heel turn from Rollins, which I thought was okay. Eh, nothing really special though. Uh, Owens stunned Rollins at the end of it, end of the segment. Kind of dragged it a little bit. Rusev got the drop on Bobby Lashley. I thought this was great. I love that Rusev beat up Lashley the way he did. I thought it was awesome, and it sets up a last man standing match with, with him at Starcade with those two men. I thought this was a good. I thought this was a good way for Rusev to finally get some get some comeuppance on Lashley. Well done. Perfectly fine there. ALP destroys Hawkins and Ryder. What would you expect? You miss, you miss little to nothing. Andrade beats Tozawa. A little bit of help with Selena Vega. Again, can we push Andrade towards the Intercontinental Championship? Buddy beat up over. I was so scared of this match. But uh, with, with Buddy versus Matt, uh, returning Matt Hardy. Like, no, you're going to kill Matt. You're going to kill Buddy Murphy? No, don't do that. Don't do that. Buddy's going to be hot this year in 2020. But they didn't. Basically, Buddy Murphy gave Matt Hardy some NyQuil in the form of knees to the face. Several of them. Matt Hardy was knocked out by the time the third one hit his, hit his jaw. Buddy gets it done. And Alistair Black... Buddy Murphy, Alistair Blackfield, which I am all for. <laughs> yes, Buddy versus Alistair continuing to, to build up their whole deal. Buddy caught his, caught some knees from Alistair before leaving the ring. But I love that they're setting this up between Buddy and Alistair. I'm all for it. I need more of this. Let, let me see some more. A good fan of four-way. But you ricochet, ricochet, Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, and Rey Mysterio. Winner yeah, gets crack and good. AJ. This is a good four, a good fan of four-way. I enjoyed it. And the it was, was Rey Mysterio match was awesome. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, this obviously, there was a sacrifice, and that being a birth of Carrillo getting jumped by the OC beforehand. I'm sure Carrillo will have his time. I, I know the career is going to have a time. No problem there. So uh, I want to see a career right zero match. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I, I do I do want to see that. Ultimately, to me, the, and I still believe this. I told you this last year. The guy I want to see take the, the U.S. championship now that Ray won the match. Say a little bit of assist from Randy Orton. The guy I want to see take the U.S. title from him is Andrade. And then have Andrade and Carrillo battle. But I, I'm, I'm perfectly cool with Umberto getting a shot at Ray Mysterio. I do, I do need to see that. That would be that match would be dope. But uh, ultimately, it was Ricochet. It was Rey Mysterio getting it done back to back matches, and Rey Mysterio is your new United States champion. Nice celebration with with Dominic. Crowd was hot for that. I, I the whole the whole thing was dope. A little bit of an assist from Randy Orton to drop AJ with an RKO after the OC got involved uh, towards the end of the match. Although that was that was good stuff. I was I'm all for that. Charlotte Flair kicked the miss the second time. Uh, in the face, Asuka finally beat Charlotte. Kind of wish it wasn't the miss that did it, but okay, fine, whatever. Got to keep the heel thing going on, I suppose. Asuka finally does beat Charlotte. We, di- we did need to see Asuka beat Charlotte, though. So that's okay. Good match, though. Hey, what's well, uh, my condolences to the poor sad Kyle Roberts. Uh, my condolences to his family after he decided to look into the birdcage to see what, what in the world was in there. And that basically was his death sentence, as um, Eric Rowan basically destroyed him in, in relatively quick fashion. 
So this was this was a squash. And then the main event, which was pretty decent, between Rollins and Owens, uh, pretty solid main event. And then AOP uh, gets gets the drop on Kevin Owens. It see uh, as AOP and Seth Rollins becoming a crew. I'd be okay with this. I think this would be interesting and good use for AOP to be part of a crew with Seth Rollins. This would be very interesting. So I, I can see some stuff from this. Good match between KO and Seth because that's just what they do against each other. All in all, decent wrong. Could have been better, but a decent wrong. So, AEW Dynamite. We had Jericho, the champion, with Soul Train Jones as the host of the championship celebration there was a marching band inflatables a giant gift in the ring and then then you can buy a little bit of the bubbly now <laughs> uh, Jericho, Jericho never ceases to take advantage Jericho never ceases to take advantage I, I, I love that Jericho always he's adaptive and aware of what he does and he's a master showman I love that and then he buries Chicago. Um, Jargo re- has an official statement from TNT and AEW officials. He has just yeah, run. Just I, was I did see that part. And the jersey said Jericho gave to his crew to the inner circle. Yep. Yep. He gave him Rangers jerseys as, as it was Jargo's father. Mm-hmm. It, it was a great segment. And then, and then Justin Roberts gets dipped on by the inner circle. I did oh. see that in an SCU, especially Scorpio Sky, uh, who were part of the marching band, uh, jumped the inner circle and basically got them out of the ring. Yes. I, I did see that part. Yes. <clears throat> Marco Martinez is announcing tonight, replacing Tony, who's on assignment at his regular job. Mm-hmm. Or Cassidy is dressed up as a turkey. <laughs> Um, Lucha Bros attacks over the entrance and Orange hits a high cross on top wearing a turkey suit. JR references to be KRP in Cincinnati and and Excalibur asks if they are going after that over 50 demo. Third! <laughs> Third! <laughs> yeah, that, was, that definitely was a parody of the Gobbledygooker. I, I totally... Yeah, I see what you did there. About the over-50 demo, the only demo that NXT consistently wins every week. Mm-hmm. Excalibur fucking great. I love Excalibur. They, they uh, are, what I'm learning here is that AEW can, can, is secretly petty. They could be a secretly petty, secretly petty company coming out with all these shots at WWE. And, and I'm, not, I'm not even sure the secret about it. It's not that secret. Um, best friends defeat the Lucha Bros in eight minutes via pen. Good opening match here. And then we had a Koroshita and um, Chris Statliner defeat um, lose to Emi Sakura and B Priestley. Um, Mike Sand shot by Emi Sakura, and then the cradle finishes off Statlander. Um, Statlander did get some shine in her TV debut. B looked pretty good, and Emmy picked up a meter win. Moxie then cuts a promo, making his way onto the top and wonders if someone is crazy enough to come after him. 
and try to be a hero. If they do, they will get hurt. Um, Cody versus Matt next. They lock up. Cody takes him down. Next battles back, but Cody Sabre attacks Cody Sabre wins. Um, figure four follows, and Cody wins. And then Cody calls out MJF. And then the Blade attacks. Then the Butcher appears. And we have Dark Alley comes up under the ring. And the Butcher and the Blade are here. Pepper Parks and Andy Williams. Mm-hmm. New tag team for AEW in already stacked tag team division. This is a very, very deep, very, very talented tag team division. And the inevitable tag team feuds that are coming are going to be incredible. Yes. And we had Kenny Omega versus Pac. Very good match here. Um... Omega fires up with the feature pack counters and the one winged angel, but then Omega cradles him for the win. Kicks out of the first cradle attempt and then rolls over and and wins with the second attempt. This was a very good match. Um, Kenny got his win back. Um, 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 I'm sure there will be a rubber match down the line. And we had a- after what happened with Omega, he probably needed that win. He needed that win badly after losing to Moxley in in that uh that unsanctioned match. Yes. And he gets a and he avenges his loss in Chicago at all out. Mm-hmm. MJF versus Hangman Page, MJF wins. Um um with a sloppy ass crossroads. Yeah. <laughs> crossroads. I yeah, that. That, that was pretty. Yeah, I, I get the savagery, but it was not pulled off as well as it should have been. Um, Post match, DDP arrives to present the diamond ring to the winner, MJF, and MJF is not impressed with DDP and gets his ring. I did enjoy that. I did. I did watch that in the promo of the DDP cut. I, I did really enjoy that. that. I thought that was good. I did MJF on his win and. Offered him a handshake. MJF gave him his ring back. And Warlow bows up DDP and tells him to back off. And then they had a um, pull apart. Pretty much the whole thing, yeah. Pretty much it became a, a big, it became a fight between all the parties involved. I liked it. I, I did like that. I did like MJF interacting with DDP. It seemed like obviously MJF is a. His arrogance is going to create a whole lot of enemies amongst the legends of the game. Yeah, Jake Hager, Dustin Rhodes came out, and he said he wants Jake Hager blood, inner circle attack, Dustin, and then Matt and Nick Jackson make the save, and the baby is dead. I like to keep it that strong. I like that. I like that. So next week, it's going to be Dustin and the Bucks versus Rivera, Santana, and Ortiz. Le Champion versus Scorpio Sky. Very I good. did watch this. Very uh, good. Entertaining. Yes. Very, very entertaining. That crowd was hot, too. That's the other part about this. The crowd was real hot for Scorpio Sky. They yes. were absolutely ready to see Scorpio Sky win the title. Very entertaining match, but 
the experience of Jericho. Getting it done. It was, if there's more than one way to skin a cat, as, you could, as they say. Jericho making Scorpio tap out to the walls of Jericho, despite the Judas effect not working. Good adaptation by Chris Jericho, an incredibly adaptive wrestler. Jericho retains the title. And the show ends with Moxley making his way down the down the aisleway uh, in the crowd. So it seems like Moxley set his targets on Jericho in the AEW Championship. Yes. So let's take it to Full Sail. NXT this week. As the brand rightfully celebrates their triumphant weekend, not just with War Games, but with Survivor Series, as they basically wrecked shop and dominated um, War Game, uh, the whole Survivor Series weekend in the shy. Decide Williams, aka Wrestling Flow, did, did a nice little re- did a nice track for for NXT. Interrupted by Undisputed Era, as the parties involved in the War Games match plus Matt Riddle kind of uh, commanded the ring as Undisputed Era talking about how their their weekend was big and it was. As two out of three parties won their matches uh, on Survivor Series. Tampa has now set his sights towards the NXT Championship. But he had to set his sights towards Finn Balor first. Balor versus Ciampa was the main event for the evening. Leon Dajakovic versus Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly started the evening. And what was going to be a good tag match, and it was, but Bobby Fish didn't make it to the end. Bobby Fish unfortunately got hurt as the match kind of was start, really starting up to get nice. So he got replaced by Roddy Strong. And match was still fine. It would still worked out really, really well. Really, it was fairly seamless on all parties involved. Uh, we got to get towards the end of the match as Adam Cole tried to get involved and basically he was thrown into the third row as he got completely deboed by Keith Lee. That pounce was that pounce was insane. We see Keith Lee do some pounces, but man, Adam Cole went flying. That was incredible. Adam Cole went straight flying. He, it completely got intercepted by Lee. And got completely pounced on. Dajakovic was stunned, as we all were, to see Adam Cole flying like that. But he took us out the prize. And ultimately, it was um, Strong and O'Reilly that took advantage and pinned Dajakovic to make it happen. So the, the, uh, the Undisputed Era retains the titles for Fish and O'Reilly. It was Strong and O'Reilly who retained the titles for the crew. But a very good opener. Very good opener. Finally, they use Mansoor. So happy to actually get to use him on, on, on the state side. At least they did so more often. Mansoor gets it done. I kind of wish this. I kind of wish they was a little bit longer of a match. But they're actually, the fact they're actually using him on, on on NXT television is a good sign. Mansoor gets it done with a slingshot neckbreaker. But a good. But Mansoor gets it done. So that that, that was the end game. Who did he face? Uh, he faced Shane. He faced Shane Thorne. Oh, okay. Happy face, Shane Thorne. Uh, Dakota versus Candice. I like how they built it up, where they, they gave a medical update on Tegan Knox. Knox obviously wasn't at NXT this week. Phillips was uh, was NXT, not not Ronaldo. But uh, Candice already did a nice promo before the match, and the match itself was very solid between Dakota and Candice. Both women got it done. Both women did really well. The match really kicked up, and once you got towards the towards the end. It was Kai who used Tegan Knox's knee brace to hit Candice in the face with it. 
and then the Kota Kai was going to work. The Kota Kai came to try to finish off Candice. And she was going to use the knee brace to really, really finish off Cam- Candice after throwing her into the steel steps. But ultimately, the referee kept the knee brace from her. So instead, she went to go grab a chair. This gave Rhea Ripley the time to make the save and make sure that no more damage was done to Candice LeRae as uh, this shoot-off uh, Tegan Knox, or this shoot-off the Dakota Kai. But it's obvious we got a secondary uh, heel story. We got a secondary women's story aside from Rhea and Shayna. We got the Dakota Kai versus Tegan Knox story is obviously going to be the second tier. And then whatever EO does with Candace, if they're still doing stuff, whatever Bianca does, uh, we're still doing stuff. So we, we got some female storylines here. I like yeah. it. Got some female yeah. hooks here. I like the secondary female storylines. It, it, it makes the show more interesting. It does. It, does. it adds a different flair to it. It adds, adds a really a different flair to NXT. Uh, Cruiserweight title match, Leo Rush versus Akira Tozawa was a good one-on-one. A very um, good one-on-one. German suplex to the apron? <laughs> yeah, really. Ooh. That one, I don't think that was even the most painful thing that happened on the evening. The most painful thing that might have happened was Candice trying to do a back suplex under the apron. It's that Candice kind of missed. And Dakota barely caught the apron, and but really caught a lot of the floor as both women went basically straight to the floor. They both kept moving on like like nothing happened. But I think that was probably the worst bump of the evening, I would say. But yeah, that, that German suplex is no joke, though. Leo gets it done uh, as he countered the, sent, the, the diving senton and hit the final hour to get the pin. But this was a very good match, because both guys really kept up. Because I kept up with the speed of Leo Rush, but ultimately it was Rush doing a little bit. Rush was too much for Akira Tozawa. And gets it done via pinfall to keep his title. But a good match. Is Rush put on some good, some good, uh, some good title wins. Good job. Uh, Zion Lee beats up Vanessa Bourne. Handles business there. But uh, I just, the Shayna and Maria and Jessica... Came down and triple teamed Zaya. Maria Ripley wasn't having it. Rhea made the save yet again. And this turned into a promo where the crowd got super hot. Again, Rhea Ripley basically ran the weekend and is slowly and surely becoming the face of NXT. Rhea uh, made a, basically made her declaration she's coming for Shayna again, but this time coming for Shayna's title. So once again, Rhea Ripley proves that she owns the weekend and she owns, she owns the week. In NXT, Rhea gets it. Uh, Rhea and Shayna basically set a date. They didn't set a date for when this is going to go down, but we're pretty much sure that this is going to go down. Yes. Finally, the main event of the evening was Chavo versus Balor. And it was a pretty solid match. Physical match. Both parties brought it. Both, both parties did their thing. Pretty productive stuff going on by, by the two, two dudes that are absolutely going to be in the NXT title picture going forward. It was ultimately uh, Adam Cole's interference yet again. This time, no pounce, but his interference yet again to clearly cost Ciampa the match, which he did. He caught him with an instaguri. Ciampa then got picked into the 1916, and Ciampa loses to Balor. So Balor gets another big win, and what it looked like it was going to be Balor and Adam Cole with some sort of alliance turned into Balor dropping Adam Cole with a Pele kick. So, Balor's on his own, and we see what this is. We got our three main contenders for the NXT Championship in Balor, Cole, and Ciampa. Yeah. That's NXT. 
Picks of the week. <laughs> obviously, we're doing this uh, before SmackDown, so we'll, we'll talk about SmackDown, obviously, next week. Picks of the week. I got to look at college football. This is rivalry week in college football. And what I'm looking for here, as I uh, slide through the schedule here, we're favored by 40. I think we can cover that, but that's not going to be my pick. My pick of the week is going to be, I'm going to go with the Iron Bowl. There's a lot of good rivalries this week, but my focus will be on the Iron Bowl. Matt Jones played really well against a trash Arkansas team. Alabama is a field goal favorite. I like Auburn to pull off the upset and basically kill any shot at Alabama going to the college football playoff. Alabama, I think, goes down. I'm going to take Auburn in the Iron Bowl to win it outright. You're pulling a me here. You're pulling a me here. And okay. picking Ben Saban. Um, I do appreciate that. Um, but I'm picking Minnesota upset Wisconsin. Mm. Um, Wisconsin's a two-and-a-half point favorite there. Mm-hmm. But, but, but Wisconsin, but, but Minnesota has the talent to get done. But you guys are playing Rutgers, 40 and a half points. I expect yeah. us to cover that. It's, it's, it's Rutgers. Yeah, it's Rutgers. R- Rutgers is nowhere near the talent that Minnesota does. When Yes, I took Minnesota for granted, but the Rutgers is nowhere near the talent Minnesota does. I expect Penn State to absolutely roll uh, Rutgers here. I, I see no issue. They have a good running back, Rutgers does, and Pacino, but... I see no chance of, of Rutgers. I think Rutgers gets hammered on senior day. Penn State gets to 10-2 and, and gets closer. I think Penn State eventually ends up with a New Year's 6. Please resign James Franklin. Stop these rumors of him going to Florida State or USC. Let's, let's, let's put pen in the paper and get, get him, let him get his bag and get his brag because he deserves it. He's a top 10 coach in, in college football. You, you won't find 10 coaches better than Franklin, title or not. Just, just, sign, just sign him already. Re-up him, give him a long-term deal. He deserves it. And then Notre Dame's a 16-and-a-half-point favorite at, at Stanford. Stanford's not very good this year, so I expect Notre Dame, who has really came on to com- complete um, – they really bonded together as a team and and really started to play very well um, the last couple weeks against maybe at Virginia Tech, respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do expect another name to roll Stanford. Well, to put you guys at 10 and 2. Yep. To put us at 10 and 2, yes. So I don't think we'll get a New Year 6 because where we are in the rankings. You guys are 16th. We are 10th. Yeah, I don't think you, you guys would have to see, need to see a lot of bodies drop in front of you, I think, to get up to. Well, I think the mag- the minimum you guys would probably have to get up to is tenth to get up to the- to get to a year six. Yeah, this is too much. Dam- this is too much damage in front of you, and Michigan's still ahead of you. You're going to need Michigan to lose big against Ohio State, which I think Ohio State beats them and covers. But I don't think yeah. they cover by enough to- for you to to leap them or to leap Wisconsin, who I think will lose, and a couple other squads ahead of you. So I think I think your chances of a year six is all but done. I do think you'll get a New Year's Day ball. Yes. Then we go to the NFL, where... Well, 
Let's see here. Well, we've, we've got a Sunday game because I won't be releasing this until Friday, even though I do like that line in the, the Lions and Bears line. Detroit's going to a third string QB. I have to think Chicago will cover that five. I do agree there. But that's not the game I'm going to go to. I'm going to go to. Let's see here. Got some solid games here. Got some solid games here. A couple tank bowls. We do get a couple tank bowls. We do get a couple here. Jets and Bengals. Andy Dalton's back in the in the fold. So we we got a tank bowl there. And we got Chargers. Chargers, Chargers and Broncos looking like a tank bowl. Is a sneaky sneaky tank tank bowl right there. I'm gonna go with the Rams. The Rams have to bounce back. Yeah. After getting completely murdered by the Ravens on Monday Night Football. Lamar Jackson's probably your MVP right now. He's a front-runner, definitely. But after getting completely slaughtered by the Ravens, I have to think the Rams bounce back. The Cardinals are a respectable team. They are. And in any other division, they'd have a decent shot at it. Unfortunately, you're dealing with two definite playoff teams, one of them being a Super Bowl contender in the Niners, and maybe Seattle will beat the Niners, and a Rams team that can absolutely make a run for the wild card. I got to think the Rams bounce back. They'll cover the three. I think the Rams keep it pushing. So I'm going to go with the Rams as my pick. I think Green Bay covers the six and a half. Okay. Got to bounce back after that loss. They also have murdered. The Giants gave them some work, too. A possible Super Bowl preview. 1 p.m. on Fox. 49. Niners and Ravens. A showdown. That that's a, as tasty of a matchup as you can get. Earl Thomas already caught his shot. They're going to win the chip this year. You got the best team in the NFC and the best team in the AFC. I consider Baltimore better than New England because Baltimore housed New England in their, in their matchup. New England, you better get home field advantage. I don't think you can go into Baltimore and beat them. I truly don't think you can go to Baltimore and beat the Ravens, New England. I, I just don't think you can. You better get home field advantage. If we're going to do that, they got to win out. And yeah, but I don't better than, than Baltimore does in the Niners this week. In Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans, I don't think they win that game. Mm. I don't trust Houston enough to win that game, but I get why you say that. Games at home, Seahawks. Rockets is, oh. is appointment viewing. We have uh, a awesome game. Which one? Oh, Minnesota Seattle. That's a good Monday night game. Yeah. Yeah, Minnesota Memphis. Seattle's a good Monday night. And Raiders Chiefs. Interesting. Battle for the AFC West. Oakland got murdered by the Jets last week, but it's an interesting game. That's a pretty good game. Could Oakland actually overtake Kansas City for the AFC West? I'm going to say no. I think Kansas City heals up a little bit after the bye. Uh, you Tyreek Hill. You didn't have LeSean McCoy. Uh, very healthy in the Charger game on Monday night football a couple weeks ago. This is a big game. They face each other twice going down the stretch. KC and Denver, KC and Oakland do. So uh, I'm looking for, actually, they face each other once. Oh, uh, KC won the, the earlier game. But um, I think it's going to be a good game. I think that, that's going to be a very interesting game at Arrowhead. Yes, and then, and then next week's Chiefs Patriots. That's a monster game, too. Definitely a monster game. I don't think New England wins out. I don't think New England wins out either. So I I think Baltimore is going to get home field. I really do. Yeah, but I do think Baltimore is going to get home field. I think Patriots are at least least two more. 
Because they might lose to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. The way the way that offense has been playing. It's not their defense. Their defense is almost legendary now. Mm-hmm. It's their offense. Yeah, the offense is suspect. That's a, that's a pretty suspect offense. I don't think the town enough to take advantage of a, of a bad defense like Kansas City. Or a, I guess, mediocre one in Houston. Yeah. I don't think Houston's great, but Houston's at least serviceable. They don't have the talent to exploit those offenses anymore. No, it doesn't look like they do. Those defenses. And then... And then... They, they escaped in Philly. They escaped. Um... <clears throat> Um, yeah, New England's defense did their thing. The Eagles' offense has gone missing. Uh, yeah, because we've lost four of our key players, and and basically our defense is playing our asses off. The defense has been rock solid the last two weeks. I don't put I put a little bit less I put less stock in the New England one than the Seattle one. But Seattle's got a real offense, but. Yeah, that was that was uh, impressive what you did to Seattle. Maybe I mean the turnovers were just awful. Oh my Carson god! Both, both sides were awful. Both both sides were bad, but the Eagles side was worse. Yeah, the Eagles were the Eagles were a lot worse, and all those turnovers and the bad throws by Wentz that that throw to Miles Sanders was awful. Uh, and that that garbage touchdown. I really look at it as a seventeen three game. I, I don't. I don't even care for the garbage touchdown uh, by Wentz to Ertz. So I really look at this as seventeen. That was, that was really a two score game for a lot of a lot of the the way through. Yeah. So, to me, Seattle dominated the game with, with the turnovers or did the thing with the turnovers, and they did all this without Davian Clowney. Clowney didn't even play, and he made the Eagles and Ziggy Anza made the Eagles' offensive line look bad. <laughs> That's concerning. It won't bite. It shouldn't bite them against Miami because Miami's pass rush hasn't been very good. Not maybe Taco Charlton, but and Miami doesn't have. I don't think Miami has the talent to, to steal the game unless the Eagles turn over the ball a ton. They're gonna fight. I, I don't, yeah, I don't think the Eagles should be favored by ten. But I think they're gonna fight. I think Miami's gonna fight. I don't think they'll win, but I think they'll fight. Yeah, they're a chippy team. Miami's we'll gonna fight. fight. So, the Eagles, I think, can get to, as long as they keep pace and keep winning, I think they'll stay either tied or a game behind Dallas, lead into the one-game showdown in Week 16 and Philly. I just don't think they can beat Dallas. I just don't think they have, I I don't think they have the personnel to beat Dallas. I don't think they have the personnel to beat Dallas. Um. Which means we're probably saving Jason Garrett's job for another year, which is annoying. And you missed the playoffs. And we'll miss the playoffs. We'll save Jason Garrett's job. Um, as much as I love Jason Garrett in Dallas, I, I he needs to fucking go. There's rumors that Jerry Jones is saying only a Super Bowl win would save him, which probably means he goes anyway. That is bullshit. That's the rumor. I don't know how true that is. I don't think it's true at all. Probably not. Um, 
that's just my read on him because Jerry Jones is taking his personal relationship to an umpteenth degree. Um, yeah, so. And then the Sixers win tonight, the Flyers win tonight. Good night for Philly Sports. Flyers getting it done against Columbus. We are actually third in the Metro right now, right? Am I correct? Uh, no, 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 the Penguins stole the win against against Vancouver. So I think, wow, Lakers are losing by 10. Uh, Flyers are in the Metro. No, they are tied for fourth. Tied for fourth, yeah. The, Peng- the Penguins stole the game against Vancouver. So the Penguins leap over the Flyers and the Hurricanes. But, um, yeah, the Flyers, Flyers are right, right. Flyers are playing good. Flyers have, Flyers have pulled it together. They pulled it together. They've been solid lately. The kids are playing well. Ben Young's Alan, Alan Vin, they're getting healthy. Uh, with Scott Lawton coming back, he scored a goal tonight. They're starting to get healthy. The Flyers are starting to look productive. Nolan Patrick's on his way back. The Flyers are going to be the Flyers going to be a solid team when they're healthy. Uh, they're going to be a good team when they're healthy. Yeah, and George's looking like an MVP candidate. G's starting to get it together. Ben uh, called for G and Voracek to get right and get things up and running. And G's starting to do it. Vorchek scored a couple nights ago. Hayes and Van Riemsdyk are starting to play a little bit better. So it's a the Flyers are starting to come together. It's looking looking all right. Yeah. Who do you think's winning the NBA right now? The way you you see it. The Lakers look like the best team in the in the West. Sixers. The Sixers look good in the East. Though Embiid getting shut out uh, a couple nights ago was not good. He responded nicely tonight. Good look. He responded nicely tonight. Milwaukee looks really good. Yeah, they got together. Really, really good. And this squad is built. This squad built nice. That's a nicely built team. uh, Milwaukee looks really, really good. And it's going to be hard to deal with them in the best of seven because they got all those shooters surrounding Greek Freak. Yeah. It's going to be hard to deal with them in the best of seven. Boston looking nice, too. But it's going to be hard to deal with Milwaukee. Yeah, I, it's going to be think... hard to deal with the Bucks. And the yep. Lakers and Denver in the West, and, and, and the Clippers, and not the Clippers, the Lakers, yeah, the Lakers, Denver, and the Clippers. Those are the three in the West. Those are three seven. of the four teams. Those are three of the four teams that you expected in the Western Conference to go in and Fourth. things happen. Houston, I think Houston's kind of fatally flawed. That's not that's a terrible defensive team, and it is. And I, I think Houston's fatally flawed, and I, I, they can do it in the regular season. That's fine, but it ramps up in the playoffs, and you need defense to save you. I don't think Houston's going to be able to survive. I really don't. No, I I, I can see Utah picking them off. Mm-hmm. Um, you got them much- right now. It'll be Dallas. Right now, it'll be Dallas, and Lucas looking like an absolute. He's looking like an MVP candidate. Yeah, Luca is. Jesus, Lucas good. Luka, if it weren't for LeBron, Lucas probably the MVP. The, the way Lucas been LeBron, outstanding this year. Probably right now too. Yep. Well, it's, look, right now, to me, MVP candidates are LeBron, Luca, and then Greek Freak are one, two, three, in that order. Yeah. Yeah, we won't be talking about Russell Westbrook as MVP. God, he's such an unlikable prick. He, he went to Houston. It was an unlikable team because they whined and cried so much. 
So it's a perfect marriage. It yeah, is. I love Russell Westbrook. I love I love me some Russell Westbrook, but that's an unlikable squad. <laughs> Houston's really unlikable. So I, I got no beef with Houston not being uh with Houston being an unlikable team that, that loses repeatedly. Yeah. Plugs. Twitter.com slash beastmikes where you can find me. Penn State actually losing to Arizona State last week in wrestling. That was not good. Um, that was the first time in, in over 1,200 days that Penn State lost a wrestling match to anybody. And then Penn State probably losing to Ohio State, but there's no shame in the, the latter loss. Chase Young is a beast. Ohio State getting it done. Uh, I think Penn State, again, rolls against Rutgers. I will be producing the Friday night game for Penn State hockey as the Nittany Lions and hockey continue to do their thing and do it well. And obviously, we'll be at Senior Day for Penn State Rutgers. I believe Big Ten Tailgate's going to be here uh, for that, too. So I might, I might stop by there, too. But that's what I'm going to be doing this weekend uh, for, uh, with my, my stuff. And obviously, I'll be tweeting out various things that happened over the weekend. So Twitter.com slash BeastMikes, where you can find me. DJD Crooks on Twitter. Um, you can find me doing some stuff. Um, I'll be at the Camp Out for Hunger volunteering on Wednesday, next Wednesday. Okay. Um, so, presidency will always do the, their Camp Out for Hunger um, down at Xfinity Live. So, I'll be down there with the fol- fol- good folks at MMR. Um, and um, um, I'll be volunteering for a few hours. So, that that's going to be good next Wednesday. Um, what else is there? Um, sports and music and movies, and because I am gonna watch The Irishman. Mm. You heard about that movie with Pacino and uh, Pesci and De Niro? That's I'm gonna see a promo about it. Yeah, yeah, and that's gonna be a good ass movie. So, so. For Beast Mike, this is DJ Crooks, and thank you for listening. Happy Thanksgiving. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.